Warning, may contain disturbing content. Viewer discretion advised. Serious, what is the scariest theory you know about? Don't forget to like, subscribe and comment your own stories. I saw one about the potential of a specific type of supernova that would essentially fire out a beam of radiation, or some other kind of energy, if it hit Earth, we would see the entire sky covered with auroras, this is the ozone layer burning off and the last thing we would see before we all die, guess at least we get a pretty light show to end on. That theory about what happened on the missing Malaysian flight. From looking at the evidence and the most likely scenario, that being the pilot committing suicide, people have been able to piece together possible scenarios that happened on the plane. One of which is that shortly into the flight, the pilot deoxygenated the plane and accelerated to a high altitude, killing all on board very quickly. He then flew for hours and hours south before crashing the plane. It's scary to me because he would have been flying in an isolated part of the earth, with nothing ahead of him other than the South Pole. That isolated plane, flying in the dark, with hundreds of dead strapped in their seats. The nearest city, Perth, is still asleep and only beginning to wake up. There is no one and nothing. To think of that man, flying with all those bodies in the dark to nowhere is very scary. So selfish and cowardly, but also very scary. There was a very interesting article in the Atlantic about it. The cabin occupants would have become incapacitated within a couple of minutes, lost consciousness, and gently died without any choking or gasping for air. The scene would have been dimly lit by the emergency lights, with the dead belted into their seats, their faces nestled in the worthless oxygen masks dangling on tubes from the ceiling. That the Carrington event is actually on a 150 to 200 year repeating cycle. Goodbye electricity. CME, coronal mass ejection, hit the Earth's magnetosphere and caused a giant geomagnetic storm. The entire ionosphere became charged and unstable with massive induced electrical current. On the good side, such an event causes beautiful aurora, northern lights, across the majority of the planet. On the bad side, it's a giant planet-wide solar EMP. It wreaked havoc on telegraph systems, but they were about the only electrical equipment at the time. If a similar event happened today, first, the global satellite network would be annihilated, then any radio signals would break up, including your phone going dead, immediately followed by most radio equipment being fried. Next, the power grids will go, not just a worldwide blackout, but power surges would destroy most of what's connected to the grid, including the chaos of the transformer and substations exploding. Virtually every vehicle will suddenly shut off, and suddenly being very difficult to control will crash. Some heavily shielded military craft might survive, but in general commercial aircraft will suddenly fall from the sky. All of this would happen extremely fast, from any one person's point of view, it may seem to be instantaneous. If a bit stronger than the Carrington event, it may also destroy the backup systems that protect critical infrastructure from disasters. The Carrington event was over 150 years ago. Earth has been hit by significant, but much smaller, CMEs at least twice since then, they'd be enough to cause quite a bit of damage today, but manageable. A Carrington event-sized CME had a near-miss with Earth in 2012. We actually have multiple solar flares hit our magnetosphere every year, just generally not that cause significant issues, though there are predictable events a couple of times a year that interfere with some satellites for a couple of hours a few days in a row. Carrington event-sized CMEs are common enough that within your lifetime, 
it is pretty much guaranteed to see at least one or two more near-miss events. CMEs can be much stronger, though. During certain parts of the 11-year solar cycle, the Sun regularly emits CMEs large enough that, if they hit Earth, they would strip the atmosphere, boil off the oceans, and incinerate everything on the surface, sterilizing the planet. There would be no real warning, depending on where you were on the planet, it would either be instantaneous, or you'd have just enough time to see a glow in the sky from the wall of fire before it crested the horizon and engulfed you at several times the speed of sound. GRBs are the only deadlier threat I am aware of. We don't know whether the universe is in a true vacuum, lowest possible energy state, or a false vacuum, a local low, but not the lowest. If the universe is a false vacuum, at any point, at any moment, a quantum tunneling event could occur where that point spontaneously decays to a true vacuum. If that happened, a bubble would expand from that point at the speed of light that radically altered physics, instantly annihilating everything down to the subatomic level. Since it travels at sea, there'd be no warning, no way to see it coming, when it reached us, you just instantly blink out of existence. Even if we are in a false vacuum, such an event doesn't become likely for at least 10,139 years, but it could happen at any moment at any point. It could have already happened, and the bubble could be heading straight for us, about to end us at any time. The butterfly effect kind of freaks me out because it suggests that every little action could be part of a series of events that leads to something much more impactful. For example, I could drop a pencil, which distracts someone for a few seconds, causing them to miss the bus, and after a few billion seemingly insignificant events, World War III begins. That AI, self-replicating and immortal, has a better chance of colonizing this galaxy that biological life does. Think about it. It took hundreds of millions of years for life to get to this point. From a ball of proteins to multicellular creatures to plants and animals. It took an incredible amount of time. Back in the late 1970s, I was playing with computers that had 4K of RAM. 40 years later, we have incredible computing power in the palms of our hands, hundreds of gigs, and terabyte micro SD cards. Robotic manufacturing of everything from circuit boards to vehicles is the norm. Where will this tech be in a couple of hundred years? Will AI be able to design and launch spacecraft that is capable of self-maintenance for the hundreds, maybe thousands, of years it would take to reach the nearest exoplanets? Once they arrive, will they be capable of self-replication? Machines don't need food and water. Machines aren't susceptible to disease or mental health issues. Machines don't seek power or authority and don't victimize each other for amusement. What if the purpose of human life in the universe is to facilitate the creation of AI and launch its spread into the wild? This could backfire. Read the Berserker series by Fred Saberhagen for more. Fractalization theories. Everything that exists is a tiny part of a bigger thing. In a brief summary, our galaxy is a part of space but is space a small part of something larger? Think of a smaller object containing its own galaxy. A speck of rock may contain its own microscopic cosmos that we cannot see. It may be composed of its own organism smaller than a single electron, and that civilization is more advanced than we are. We know all matter contains its own gravitational force, but we don't exactly know why. The possibility that I am just a brain in a jar and my entire life is just something my brain fabricated to keep itself entertained. 
everything and everyone I have ever known is a figment of the imagination. Every method I can conceive to prove this idea wrong is also just part of the dream logic my brain has created to make sense of the illusion that is my existence. So I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but I learned this in a class I took last semester. There's a theory that says that there is a point that no intelligent life can get past, no matter what they do. Diving deeper into this, some people claim this is why we haven't found any other intelligent life forms. I think the truly scary part about it is that we won't know we are at that point until we are living it. Forgive me for piss poor job I'm about to do describing it since I forget the name of it, but I recently read here on Reddit that humans have a defense mechanism where we can see something that is non-human but mimicking a human such as a realistic wax figure and knows that something is off. The theory was that in our evolution, there was a predator that could mimic being human that we had to adapt and develop this defense mechanism for. The rebuttal to this theory was that it comes from us seeing dead bodies, through sickness or disease and not blatant, Neanderthal murder or death from an animal, through our evolution and learning that something is wrong slash out of the ordinary and a cause for concern. Humans are very good at seeing patterns, even if there are none. Looking at the brain, we can see parts of it that process something, but we can't see where consciousness comes from. What if we don't have a central me but have a bunch of different, unrelated functions, and one of those is creating a pattern that isn't there? That if time travel is possible here or in any other of the possible universes, that this may be the least cruel that would still be self-sustaining in the general trend of the time. The Holocaust may be less cruel than a universe where Hitler succeeded and purged impure and undesirables from the planet, even among his own race. Hell, it may have been better than a universe where Hitler didn't do anything, and without his success, the general anti-Semitic and eugenically obsessed culture was allowed to meander on its own. Slowly choking out and murdering cultures in much larger and less newsworthy ways. The torture and enslavement, the endless illnesses and abuses, and the laissez-faire attitudes we see right now could very well be an improvement on a universe that would criminalize biological flaws and seek to only abuse criminals. 100 years from now, the majority of us will be dead. We will just be another page in the history book. We may think that our life was very valuable, but we are just another century passing by, just like how a lot of us don't think about how the 19th century is much. It will be impossible to remember all 7.5 billion of us living in this century. The next century will just remember the ones that help advance our species. This isn't that scary, but I often think about the last Thursday theory. The theory goes that our galaxy, planets, people, memories, etc., were all made last Thursday. All of the memories we have actually just been put in our brains. I love this theory because it's obviously very, very unlikely, but it is still kind of plausible in the way that if there were any higher being, they could just create us out of thin air. Kind of like when you make yourself as a sim and your significant other. They have just been created, but obviously, they have a backstory together because they're romantic partners. I don't know. I just think it's such an interesting theory to think and read about. Thinking that we're actually all characters in a simulation or we're just reliving our memories in the seven minutes before we die also fun to think about. That the great biological filter is still ahead of us, and that humankind has no real purpose because it was destined to die like the millions of other species before. Regarding the great filter, it could be anything, it could getting off the planet, or not destroying ourselves, or anything. 
but the presence of a natural filter would explain why we detect such few life forms in space. Let's just hope that the filter was make stupid cat videos and upload them and that we've brilliantly passed because if not, then there is very little chance for humanity to have a future at all. The Great Attractor, over the years, scientists and astronomers have charted out space, and we have a fairly good understanding of what's out there, planets, moons, stars, space, etc. Gravity plays a big role in showing what is attracted to what, moons around planets, planets around stars, stars around black holes. But people have begun to notice that everything out there in the galaxy is slowly, slowly but surely, scooting left on our map of the cosmos. Everything and anything is drifting ever slowly in one united direction, and something hidden and astronomically massive is dragging us an all-known and unknown matter towards it. And we have utterly no say or action in the matter. The Fermi Paradox Basically, we are either alone in the universe, or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. If we are alone, we will likely be stuck to our local solar system with a very basic understanding of what lies beyond and practically zero chance of ever actually venturing beyond the outer reaches of our orbits. We may be doomed to live, grow, and die on a ball of iron and silica orbiting a giant ball of hydrogen in some forsaken arm of one of literally trillions of galaxies, each with trillions of their own stars. How many other habitable planets are there orbiting all those stars? How many have the life that is advanced enough to receive and understand the signals we've been sending out for the last few decades? How many are a few million years ahead of us or behind us in terms of their development? What if we are truly unique, and we suffer a mass extinction that completely destroys life on Earth, down to the cellular level? If we are not alone, any civilization that is capable of reaching us from outside our local systems is for sure going to be many thousands, or possibly millions, of years advanced beyond anything we can comprehend. There's a ton of terrifying implications that can arise from this regarding life in the universe, but the one I find most scary is that if we ever do make contact, humanity would stand zero chance in a war against extraterrestrial life because to get here in any reasonable time frame they would need an understanding of warp speed or superluminous travel. Spacetime is doomed. Donald Hoffman is a scientist who proposes that human brains understand and perceive nothing of ultimate reality because evolution selected for survival traits, not traits which would enable us to perceive the true nature of existence. Much like a trash can icon on your desktop is a useful fiction that helps you use the computer, but there is no real trash can, and when you drag and drop a file, you aren't throwing anything away. The reality of programming language is behind the user interface, and binary behind that, and physical, electronic circuits and components behind that, etc. Hoffman goes on to argue that the physical space-time world we inhabit is such an interface and not real. Unlike the simulation theory, he argues that simulation theory always assumes base reality is still a physical space-time universe. Hoffman has many podcast guest appearances and a TED Talk. Strange matter. Well, it's more a hypothesis than a theory at this point, but it's pretty weird. Basically, inside neutron stars may form strange matter, a new kind of matter, that is more stable than the atomic matter we all are used to. If a piece of this strange matter was to hit Earth, depending on some properties this could have, it may be more stable than regular. It could potentially start matter decay, that would result in all matter on Earth, including your bodies, would decay into strange matter. Basically, killing the whole plane in a very worrying way. 
There is no natural example of infinity, and it's why we exist at all. Infinity is a human concept. The decimals between 1 and 2 can technically go on forever, but there is not enough matter in the universe to represent this in any way. If there were any true-slash-natural infinities, like if the universe were infinite in size, it would have to play out every possible scenario, including the ones that something existed that would instantaneously annihilate everything. The fact anything exists proves there is no infinite universe, universes, anything. This would be a state that's way too chaotic to sustain. In other words, infinity is a paradox. Accepting the above, then why do we exist in the first place? What's the opposite thing of existence? The scariest thing I can think of. Nothingness. Nothingness would have no space, time, matter, and, more importantly, physics or rules defining it. It's undefinable by its nature. What happens when society has no rules? Chaos. Because it is simultaneously nothing but utterly boundless because it has no rules slash physics to definite it in any way, it is an inherently unstable state and would have to make something to stabilize. Something must come from nothing. But it can't be an infinite state, that's also too chaotic. So, infinity and nothingness are two sides of the same coin, they can't physically exist, so we sit snuggly and stable in the middle of it. Read this title and instantly thought of a theory from a sci-fi book. The Dark Forest Theory, it's essentially the theory that if you imagine thousands of advanced civilizations, there's little to no way to be absolutely sure a civilization is friendly once detected, so the safest option is to destroy them before they have a chance to destroy you. So the universe may be extremely quiet with no signs of life, but the reality is that it's quiet because civilizations don't want to be located because once located, it only takes one out of potentially thousands of civilizations to strike first and end them. Civilizations that are detected are soon wiped out, and others learn not to reveal themselves, which explains why a buzzing universe may be eerily quiet. The universe is a dark forest. Every civilization is an armed hunter stalking through the trees like a ghost, gently pushing aside branches that block the path and trying to tread without sound. Even breathing is done with care. The hunter has to be careful because everywhere in the forest are stealthy hunters like him. If he finds another life, another hunter, angel, or a demon, a delicate infant to tottering old man, a fairy or demigod, there's only one thing he can do, open fire and eliminate them. I think it's most popular due to the book but was thought up by David Brin as a parallel theory to the Fermi paradox. So it's pretty fucking scary to think of, considering we have thousands of broadcasts racing into the universe, potentially destined to cross the path of one of those civilizations. That there could be beings in a completely different dimension that could fuck us all over, and we wouldn't understand why. Take the example of us interacting with the second dimension. Let us say Bob is a stick figure on a piece of paper. Bob lives in the second dimension. He only knows length and width. Everything in his world is flat. Now let's say that you decide to drop a golf ball onto Bob. Bob will not actually see that ball coming at him. That ball exists in our three-dimensional world but not his two-dimensional world. He would feel the effects of the ball hitting him but would not actually see the ball. A higher dimension can interact with a lower one but not vice versa. Now come to us. We obviously live in the third dimension since we have depth, unlike Bob. But much how the concept of a third dimension is impossible to comprehend for Bob, the concept of a fourth dimension is impossible for us to comprehend. 
It doesn't exist in the world that we know, so we can't even imagine what it is. But just because we can't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. For all we know, there are beings that exist in a higher dimension than ours that could directly impact us and alter our lives, and we would have absolutely no idea that they were behind it. This is also a theory as to the existence of ghosts and spirits and why they can supposedly interact with our world without us being able to detect them.